Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Marianne Wolf. It's back to school season, and today we are honored to be joined by the 2023 North Carolina Teacher, Principal, and Superintendent of the Year. We'll hear from them about their roles as educators, as well as some of the ways each are striving to positively impact students across North Carolina. We are pleased to be joined by Kimberly Jones from Chapel Hill High School and Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools, who's the Burroughs Welcome Fund North Carolina Teacher of the Year. By Donna Bledsoe, Cedar Ridge Elementary School Principal and Wells Fargo North Carolina Principal of the Year. And Dr. Don Phipps from Caldwell County Schools. He is the NCSSA, NCASA, NCSBA Superintendent of the Year. Thanks to each of you for joining us today. Thanks, Marianne. Thank you. Great to be here. So each of you are veteran educators, and I've had the opportunity to get glimpses into your work. What drives you for your work in education? Kim? That's such a huge question. Um, and and, and I'll, in the season of, of back to school and convocation, it's a, it's a question I've talked about a lot, but honestly, it's, it's my students. Um, they are the constant draw, uh, and they are the constant confirmation of why I do what I do, that opportunity to build relationships with those students and to help them pursue their individual potential. That's going to look different with every kid, with every class of students, but that just the innate potential that lies within young people and knowing that I get to be a small part of helping them to do that. I used to stand in class on the first day and talk about how I'm going to have an English party every day and you're invited every day. And whether or not this is your favorite subject, I want to give you skills that you can apply in your favorite subject and in your life moving forward. I love that. And Donna, I know you've been in education for a while, but also a principal for several years. What drives you? My purpose, I call that the joy of the work, really comes from champion for all children, um, all in being, all in, all in achievement, leadership, and life. Um, really staying rooted in that and, and remembering every day that you know, while every day may not be easy, if I stay rooted in that purpose, that true joy, it does um, help children thrive, colleagues thrive, and and myself. Um, so I think, like Kim said, the, the root of the work is in children. And so I try to find every, times every day where I can work um, with children, see that light, and it helps me stay really rooted in that joy of championing for all. So Don, you also have been in education a long time. I know we talked about that recently and just thrilled that you continue in your strong superintendency roles. What continues to drive you most today? It's the things that happen at the classroom level. It's preparing students for that next step. And it, it may be a step from kindergarten to first grade or for the, their senior year from graduation into the world of, of whatever waits for them. Uh, we wanna make sure they're prepared to take that step. But, but I think about the opportunities that students can get in our public schools that they can't get if they're not a part of what we do. And that's not a knock on parenting or anything like that. The resources that we're able to put together in terms of field trips and virtual experiences and the socialization that can happen, those things are incredibly important. The soft skill development that is, has to be done. And then ultimately tying those things together to make sure that we're meeting needs within our community, our business community, 
that we're that we're able to prepare workers to go into to the workforce in the business community, but also that we know that when our students go off to a college or a university or community college, that they're prepared to do that work. And our view is that it doesn't just happen in the 12th grade. It happens from the time they're in pre-K, kindergarten, all the way through. And we want to make sure that we're putting a world-class educational opportunity in front of our students, and we're proud of the work that we did. This deep focus on students and individual students, I think, is something that our public schools do very, very well in North Carolina and appreciate you all lifting that up. So you each have an opportunity to have a platform this year in your role of Teacher of the Year, Principal of the Year, and Superintendent of the Year. Do you have any particular areas where you're planning to focus? Um, Don, why don't we start with you? I've been working quite a bit uh, the last few years with, with our teams from DPI. And I would say the accountability and the assessment models and the reform that's going on. And tied to that is also the the state report card for schools and making sure that we're doing a better job of allowing our students to be represented by what they do and teachers, for that matter, across the school year, rather than a test given on a single day being the marker of quality. Because those of us that are in schools every day know that there are great things that are happening. And many times they're not captured on the accountability model or on the report card page. And we want to be able to, to represent that. Also having a school psychology background, uh, the mental health piece was important to me prior to COVID. And I think coming out of COVID and looking at where we are now, it has just gotten uh, to a place where it's more magnified than it ever has been. So I, I mentioned the soft skills piece. I think those durable skills, the academic content area that has to be pushed. I just want to make sure that we're meeting the needs not only of our students, which is paramount, but also the adults that we serve that are employees and team members in our school system to have as strong a unit as we possibly can. Don, I'd love to follow up. I mean, I so appreciate the effort on assessment and accountability because I think all of us in education know that it's so important that we know how our students are doing, but we want to make sure they're able to show what they know and we're able to show the growth of our students over time as well. But also this issue of mental health is one that the Public School Forum lifted up as a top issue this year as well, and also connected to school safety. And I wonder if you've seen some interventions that are particularly effective, knowing that there were already issues before COVID, but COVID has certainly exacerbated those too. Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of things in the area of anxiety and depression. Those seem to be the two uh, biggest issues for our, at least for our adult folks that are seeking help. We've put in uh, some employee assistance programming work that provides counseling sessions to our to our staff members to allow them to do that. We, we've also connected with a lot of community resources for families and students. And there, there's been a stigma of going out to try to, to obtain mental health help in, in terms of being a weakness for individuals. And we're trying to encourage folks to do that and, and do it just like you would if you're going to get any other type of help for a, for a medical health reason and then providing the support for those individuals, trying to understand what triggers are for folks, trying to understand the stressors that are in life and really helping folks understand that whoever you come in contact with, they're probably dealing with stuff. And we just never know what all that stuff is. So to extend grace as much as possible, to be tolerant as much as possible and to work with individuals and give them the dignity and respect they deserve. If we start from there, we're gonna be in a better place. Kim, I'd love to hear more about your platform and what you're planning to focus on. I think to, to Don's point right now, schools are being asked to be a lot of things to a lot of people. 
Uh, and it's one of the strengths of public education that we do our best to be as much as we can to all of our stakeholders, to students, to parents. So number one, I, I want to amplify the incredible things that I know are happening in North Carolina's public schools from the mountains to the coast. As someone who lives in the Triangle, um, you know, we're, we're closer to the seat of power. Um, and so what's happening in our schools often is, is noticed more often. But as someone who grew up in a rural school, I know incredible things are happening in the rural districts of our state. Um, and I want to amplify the voices of all the teachers who are giving everything plus some to their students. Um, my personal passion is, of course, is for increasing equity and the cultural relevance, not only of our curriculum, but of our, our teaching cohort. Um, our state is made up of a beautifully diverse group of learners. Um, more than 50% of those are students of color. Less than 25% of our teachers are teachers of color. And I just believe that every student deserves to see themselves reflected in what they learn and in who they learn from. And how do we increase that cultural relevance and that visible diversity within our schools? I think that our diversity is our strength. Um, teaching in Chapel Hill has been one of the greatest joys and blessings of my life to get to teach and work alongside people from various backgrounds, to teach students from different faiths, from different socioeconomic uh, groups. And it has empowered my students to be stronger leaders, more culturally adept and aware uh, young people going into the world to find collective solutions for collective problems. I think we're made stronger by diversity and perspective. And I just think it's critical that our kids are presented with that, not only in what they learn, but who they learn from. So those are my two huge focuses this year to amplify my incredible colleagues and the wonderful things they are doing across our state to meet our students where they are, to grow them, to close those gaps but also to advocate for an increase in our, our diversity and in, in how we teach and who we have working and, and leading in our schools. Thank you so much. Those are two very important pieces to, to lift up and we'll certainly continue to talk about those as well. And Donna, what is your platform as principal of the year? My role is to advocate for public education and all that we are offering to families and make sure that we are really um, spreading that message of the choice and that we offer to students and, and things that um, maybe we're not doing enough to advocate on our behalf for so that we're educating across North Carolina um, that public school is the best choice. Um, I believe that in my heart. On a personal level, outside of the advocacy, of course, for public education and for the role of administrator and school leaders, I think sometimes people think, oh, I don't want to do your job, but it is <laughs> um, so rewarding and amazing. And I think um, as school leaders and principals, we need to tell that story um, more too of the joy that comes in with our job. Um, personally, early literacy is a passion of mine, helping um, all students learn to read, but not only learn to read, learn the enjoyment of reading um, and helping our teachers really work towards that too, so that we are 
yes, reading with a purpose, but also reading to create lifelong learners. Um, so I am wholeheartedly um, behind the early literacy initiatives of letters, professional development. I see the great work that is being done um, throughout the state and here within our building with those literacy practices and what the future may hold or will hold um, as those go in to effect. So um, I want to keep advocating that Don is correct. The graduation rate doesn't just happen in 12th grade, that it's the work um, foundationally that we start doing pre-K and five, pre-K through five to, to move beyond as well. So for me, um, those are, are big points, but also um, helping students and staff know that they are leaders, um, that they lead from all positions. And part of leadership does work in those um, SEL tactics of being self-aware, self-regulatory, being resilient. Um, so for me, it's really working with all school leaders to help build a school culture of building leaders so that we can create you know, learners who are self-aware and able to work collaboratively for those soft skills. One of the things that's been top of mind for me for a while now, but particularly in the last year or two, is about shortages in teachers, but also the turnover of principals and superintendents. I'm just curious if you could implement policy or practice changes, if you could do something to address these issues, what else would you want to see our state do um, in order to address those issues? I believe that um, the principalship should have similar pipelines to beginning principals that we do for beginning teachers, um, requiring mentors, requiring training so that principals aren't just handed keys in a school. Um, and, and I'm blessed to work in a district where that doesn't occur. And we do have mentors and great onboarding to continue. But I think across the state, um, I'm not sure that that system, that program is there. So I think that that would be a great policy change just to ensure that all principals, um, or are, are have the capacity or having the capacity built to continue in the role um, so that they do continue. I think a lot of the turnover happens prior to year three. And I think that it would it would hinder that from happening if that if principals felt um, more supported in their role throughout the state. I have to in, in good conscience uh, sort of hit the, the number one thing. I think teachers have to be compensated for the professional experts that they are. Um, there has to be competitive, respectful compensation for the talents that they bring to the classroom. I teach in a, uh, a high achieving school district with incredibly bright young people. And every day I see kids who would make incredible educators. And they say, Ms. Jones, I want to be able to afford to live where I live now. And the sad truth is for many educators, that is not a reality. We literally cannot live in the communities we serve. And so I think we have to have honest, thoughtful, meaningful conversations um, about compensation. And in addition to Donna's point on a sort of pedagogical side, I think we have to, and I think at the state, we're making efforts to do so. There have to be avenues for professional advancement that do not require us to leave the classroom. When you are a lifelong committed educator, I love the work that Donna and Don do, 
It's not what I'm called to do, but I do want to have avenues to emerge as a leader, to emerge as a voice that matters, to advance, you know, education policy without leaving my classroom. Um, and, and I do believe that we are beginning to examine teacher leadership, professional leadership, and, and trying to create some of those avenues. But those are two things that I think would make a huge difference. If I, if I had the magic wand, the first thing I would do would be to eliminate the requirement to sit out for six months for retirees and, uh, and allow them to come back immediately. The other is work that we've done in Caldwell County with the Public School Forum, and that is work around a pipeline for teacher preparation. And our, our focus area is and will continue to be not only on our classified employees, teacher assistants, could be cafeteria workers, bus drivers, try to look at removing as many barriers as we can for them if they want to pursue a degree to become a teacher, starting out with work with our local community college here, who's a wonderful partner. And then ultimately for us, it's been Appalachian State University. And to try to eliminate the barriers of tuition costs, the problems that they have working and going to school at the same time, so flexible schedules. And then we've got to focus on our, we, we've got a teacher cadet program where the focus is on our students. And we've got to make the profession more attractive. I mean, what is it right now that would lure an individual to look at the profession of being a teacher uh, as opposed to other things that they could potentially do? And I hope that teacher is on the short list of things that individuals want. So, you know, trying to, we've heard that, you know, we've got to be our own best cheerleaders and we've got to do a great job of trying to, to be advocates for the profession. But I think going out and looking at those sources of, of individuals to try to to build from within as much as we can and then continue to have reliance on our colleges and universities as we work through student teaching and we have those placements. And then ultimately, I think at the administrative level is as much hands-on mentoring, as you heard Donna say, to provide that type of help for folks, not just in the first year, the first couple of years, just like we support our beginning teachers through their, their first three years, I think our administrators need help that goes beyond the first year as well. As we wrap up today, I just want to ask each of you, what do you want people to know about public schools across North Carolina, but also your public school or schools? Well, my hope resides in the fact that our kids are wonderful. Our teachers are wonderful. We're, we're a part of the community, and I think it's the best value of the highest quality that you can possibly get. I will acknowledge that we've not done the best job in public schools of tooting our own horn for a variety of reasons, but you'll see a lot more of this, this public information piece pushed out with a lot more of the advertisement side. But we want the, the communities to know that we exist and we're a great option in, in where there are many choices available. We want to be the choice that folks make for all the right reasons. I want, I want them to know at large, uh, to Donna and Don's point, that our public schools are the greatest investment we can make in our collective future. It, it is a transformational institution. It changes lives. It changes futures. It breaks generational cycles. Um, I think, I still believe that through education, the past doesn't have to be our prologue. I believe every day in public schools, kids are being educated and empowered to build principled, productive futures and to solve global problems. Um, I, I believe that teachers are meeting kids where they are while simultaneously showing them what they can be 
And I think that is something unique to our public schools. I agree that um, as educators, we need to be our own advocates and make sure that we are telling the story of public education across North Carolina and all that we are offering um, students and families with highly qualified staff. Um, I think that begins with staff in their own district knowing what is offered. Um, that sometimes even our own staff doesn't in elementary school may not know what all is offered in high schools now. And so making sure that we are really spreading our message pre-K-12 um, of that advocacy across the state and within and within your own district. Personally, locally, just like Kimberly and Don, I am going to say that my district is is the best um, because that's what I believe and and as we should um, believe that we are funded in Surrey County Schools at 100 and we perform in the top 15. That's a message that I think our community should be very proud of. I work um, in a in one of the more rural schools um, in our district. And so just excited to, with this title, to bring, um, you know, recognition to, to Cedar Ridge Elementary. And the fact that here, educators answer the question with whatever is best for students. And they make sure with innovative practices, um, equity practices, that they are just going above and beyond. And that is what um, puts us in the top 15 across the state with, little funding. I'll shout out that we, you know, we, we could always, um, I'll use a little more of that, but um, just the pride that goes into public education um, that we should all feel. And so I'm blessed to sit here with everybody and, and hear that pride from Kimberly and Don as well. Wonderful. Well, we are so blessed that each of you is in this role and helping us to share what's working, where we have challenges, but also just reminding us how important public schools are across our state. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. After the break, this week's final word. For this week's final word, we are so pleased to hear from our teacher of the year, principal of the year, and superintendent of the year about what gives them hope. What gives me hope is the work being done in North Carolina with early literacy, particularly um, with the letters professional development for all staff. I believe that this will show great dividends um, now and well into the future um, with our literacy gains and helping students achieve beyond um, even 12th grade graduation. So we are really looking at the hope of impacting um, years and generations to come with that work. My students give me hope um, in, in, a, in a time of, of great change. I, I truly believe the kids are all right. Their hearts, their minds, their understanding and accepting, acceptance of, of diversity, their innate sense of equity and a desire for access and appreciation for all is, is beautiful. And it is leagues away uh, advanced of where I was at their age. And I'm always excited when I see how accepting and loving and supportive my students are to each other. And that lets me know that while we have problems to solve, we, we are in good hands. I have tremendous hope when I see what's happening in our classrooms, when I see what's going on in our school buildings, and when I see what's happening in our community. And anyone in the public, if you spend any time with our students, you interact with them, you see what our teachers, the professionals in our buildings are doing. We have wonderful folks, young people, 
we have teachers, the adults that are in the building are doing wonderful things. And then I see the incredible partnerships that are being formed outside of the school boundaries that allow us to leverage resources within our communities to do the very best we can. When I see the work of people and I see the, the energy of these individuals and the true commitment that they have, it gives me great hope. Thanks so much to each of you. And for what gives me hope, I'm going to come back to the three of you because you are amazing leaders. You are dedicated. And I have been able to witness what you give every single day. So thank you for what you do for kids across North Carolina. Thank you for taking time with us to learn and think about education. That's all for today. And we'll see you next week.